Those are the skit guys, and they are the individuals who will be here in February. Let me share two texts with you. One is found in Luke, and you will say, fine choice, Pastor. Fits well with the whole message of Christmas. The other is found in 2 Timothy 1. You'll scratch your head momentarily and say, why did you choose that text? What does that have to do with Christmas? And I will tell you, it has everything to do with Christmas. Let me start with Luke chapter 2. There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, and their task was as it always was. They were watching their flocks that they owned at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them. Was it Gabriel, who nine months earlier had appeared to the Virgin Mary? Or did Gabriel have his chance and some other angel got their chance? Let theologians argue that one. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And when the glory of the Lord came into that field, the shepherds were terrified. As well they should be. When Moses goes up uh, Mount Sinai, and he's up there with God for 40 days, and he comes down, uh, the people are terrified, for as they look at his face, his face still reflects the glory of God. uh, And he puts a veil over his face, so they will not be terrified. When Peter, James, and John went up the Mount of Transfiguration, The glory of God came upon that mountain, for he was talking to his son about what was going to happen in six months in Jerusalem, namely the cross. And when the glory of God came on the Mount of Transfiguration, Jesus' clothes are as white as snow, his face as bright as lightning, and Peter, James, and John are terrified. You have the same glory of God here. And when the glory of God comes upon this earth in any form, it is God himself making his statement. This is not just an angel coming like it did when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness. This is not just an angel coming as he did nine or ten times in the form of Jesus in the Old Testament. This is the angel from God with God's message delivered. And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for the news I bring you is not news of judgment. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people, the rich like Lazarus, the poor like Bartimaeus, the male and the female, the Jew and the Greek. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born. He is Christ the Lord. You'll find a babe wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. He said, a Savior is born. And I sit and wonder if the angel said, you know, God, let me say more. Let Let me say more. Because if I just say a Savior is born, they're going to be wondering, a Savior from what? Savior from the Romans, Savior from uh, poverty that is always with us, a Savior from future famines. Let me say more, God. 
And I can see God saying to the angel, no, that's enough. That's enough. I'll add pieces of the puzzle as time goes on. But that's enough. Don't be ad-libbing. Say to them what I tell you to say to them. A Savior shall be born. When the angel Gabriel came to the Virgin Mary, that angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. Power of the Most High will overshadow you. The Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. He doesn't say much more than this angel says to the shepherds. He shall be the Son of God. You'll call his name Jesus, but there's no explanation as to why that name. When uh, the angel appears to Joseph in that dream uh, that Pastor Shower just read about, he adds a little bit more to the story. Maybe it's a couple of weeks later, maybe it's a month later, but the angel says to Joseph, you'll call his name Jesus. Then he says to Joseph, what he doesn't say to Mary, you'll call his name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. That's the Savior. The Savior from their sins, not from poverty, not from famines, not from the Romans, but a far more important issue. He'll save them from their sins. Because as we said last week, when John the Baptist said, he's coming, make a straight path for him, there's only one thing that blocks, that blocks our path to the Savior, and that is sin. Something that you and I could never conquer on our own. But he comes, the Savior. And he meets us on the road before we take a first step. And he takes us by the hand and leads us down that path. And when the crooked places of our path come, it straightens them out. And when the rough places of our life come... The fears and the worries, the hatreds and the angers and the low self-esteem and everything else. He smooths them out. And while he's taking us by the hand, when the valleys of our life come, which they eventually will if they haven't already, he'll fill in the valleys like he did the woman at Sychar as well. Make a straight path for him. He's a savior from the thing that blocks your path, your sins and mine. And then the angel, in the two verses that follow his declaration, the gospel writer Matthew says, they will call his name Emmanuel. After the angel says, call his name Jesus, he'll save us from our sins. Matthew, the gospel writer, says, they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Who's the they? I'm trying to work on this sermon, and I'm sitting there, who's the they? The they is us. The they is the people that lived a hundred years ago. The they is the people that lived during World War I. The they is the people that lived during the Civil War. 
The they is every person who lived on this earth since Jesus was born. They will call him Emmanuel. Do you not? Do you not call him Emmanuel, which means God with us? And when you say every morning, this is the day that God has made, what are you saying? This is the day that Emmanuel is here. Whether I'm in the hospital awaiting a surgery, or whether I'm in the hospital recovering from a surgery, or whether I'm driving that truck over to Michigan in the middle of a snowstorm, he is Emmanuel, God with us. Whether I'm just trying to filter the information that I have cancer, but thank goodness it's prostate and not pancreatic because that's a better one to have. As I'm trying to process, you know, my 39-year-old son, the funeral was yesterday in Blue Island. My 39-year-old son has died under a bridge, homeless. And for you and for me... Jesus is not the reason for the season. He is the reason for every day that we live on this earth. And He is the reason for every circumstance that we shall ever find ourselves in. You said it right, Matthew. He is Emmanuel. They will say He's Emmanuel. And 2,000 years later, you and I are saying it. And if this earth stands for another thousand years, they'll still be saying it. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall never pass away. And my word shall always have the declaration, Emmanuel, God with us. Nah, angel, you just tell the shepherds, a Savior's born. It is eight days later, the baby is born. Eight days later, Pastor Shower preached a sermon on this not too long ago. There is Simeon in the temple. It is day number eight. It's the day Jesus, the baby, is to be circumcised. And when they go to the temple, there is Simeon. And he adds a little bit more to the puzzle said to the angel, I want you to announce, Savior is born. I don't want a long theological dissertation. just want you to say a word, the Savior is born. Let Simeon say a little bit more. This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. What did Simeon mean about this child? Simply this. Christ raises up those who believe in him. Isaiah forty twenty nine. even young men grow tired and weary, even you stumble and fall. But for those who wait upon the Lord, he lifts them up. This baby Jesus raises up those who believe in him. But for those who do not believe in him, they are still trapped in their sins. They are still trapped in their ignorance. They are still trapped in the realm of Satan himself because they know not God. Simeon said he's going to lift people up. And then Simeon says to Mary, He will be a cause of a sword going through your soul. Oh my goodness. 
This a day, oh baby, he'll be a cause of a sword going through your own soul. And 33 years later, when she's standing not next to the manger, but she's standing underneath the cross, and her son, an innocent man, is dying, a most horrendous death, then the sword pierces her soul. Let me give you the second text. The one does not sound Christmassy, but it is. The Apostle Paul, 30 years after Jesus ascended into heaven, he writes this. Jesus Christ, when he came, he abolished death. And when you look at the word death, you have to apply two other words. You have to apply sin. And you have to apply the power of the devil. Jesus, when he grew to manhood, when he reached the fullness of his ministry, he defeated sin. You say, well, sin is still in my life. It sure is. But someone's blood has washed every sin that you have ever committed Every sin you'll commit today and every sin you'll commit in the future, His blood has cleansed you of that sin. And whenever you sin and you come to God and you say, forgive me what I've done, even though you've said it a thousand times over the particular sin that has its arms wrapped around you ever since you were a little kid. Satan, when you sin, he rejoices But when you repent, the angels in heaven rejoice, Luke 15, 10. Why do the angels in heaven rejoice when any person, you or I, repents of any sin? Because Satan, once again, is damned. He leads you into sin, not God. God doesn't lead you into sin. James 1, 13, Satan leads you into sin. And when you say, God, forgive me, the tentacle sins are broken and thrown away. And the angels in heaven rejoice over that. He has defeated sin in your life and mine. He has defeated death. Where is Jonathan in heaven? Where is the young man, 39 years of age? Where is he? A week ago, he's under a bridge. Where is he now? In one of the rooms in the mansion in heaven. Where is your loved one who this Christmas, first one without him or her, or maybe it's the tenth one, or maybe it's the fifteenth one, or maybe it's the twenty-fifth one, or for the Melchers, their thirty-fifth one. Where is your loved one if he defeated sin and death Where is your loved one? Safe in heaven. Unless God is not real, unless he lies a lot, safe in heaven. He abolished sin, he abolished death, he abolished power of the devil. Why was the baby born? When a baby is born on this earth, what happens? For six months, eight months, nine months, all you do is look at that child and you break into a smile every time you look at that child, unless they have colic, 
that's a different sermon for a different time. But you look at that baby and your heart just lights up. When Pastor Sauer and I are preaching and you got a baby in this church, we don't stand a chance. Because no one listened to the sermon, they're all looking at your baby. But when that baby gets to be nine months, 12 months, 18 months, all of a sudden they're developing their own personality. And you are sitting there as a parent wondering what shall become of this child. This child is so compassionate and kind, three, four years of age. I wonder if she'll be a nurse someday. This young boy, four or five years of age, so analytical, everything always lined up in order. Will he be an engineer someday? You look at your child, grandma and grandpa, look at the child. They hope God keeps them on this earth long enough to see what this grandchild turns out to be. Not so with Jesus. Not so with Jesus. They knew who he would be. Revelation 13, 8, All on this earth shall worship the beast, all whose names are not written in the book of life, which belongs to the Lamb who was slain from the foundation of the world. 2 Timothy 1, 9 and 10, saying the same thing. From the beginning of time, this babe of Bethlehem had one purpose, one purpose only. 2 Timothy 1.10 Jesus Christ has abolished sin, death, and the power of the devil. He has brought life on this earth to light. And he has brought immortality to light. I used to say in the old days, I haven't said in a long time, a lot of people whip out God when they're at a funeral service. Pull them out of the back pocket for a week or two or three, really close to God, a loved one has passed, a friend has passed. Sacred a moment as when a baby is born. And they pull out God. God's promised I'll see him again. God's promised they live because Jesus' death and resurrection. And then uh, he's gone again until the next funeral they attend. Jesus said, I come that you might have abundant life. Paul wrote to Timothy, he came that your life right now might be lit up. And how does he do that? I already talked about it. Shower talks about it all the time. Strand talks about it all the time. He lights up our life in what we've described for the last 13 weeks. When you come to him in prayer, he hears. When you ask, he hears. When you seek his will or his kingdom, he brings it to you. When you knock on his door before the echo in the chambers of heaven has ceased, he's already opened the door. And maybe he said to you, I've waited for a long time for you to open this door, and you finally did. I've been waiting 15 years. I've been waiting 20 years. Your mom and dad have been praying all this time. And you finally knocked on my door and I opened it to you. He came to light up your life. 
the 27 years that you live, the 8 years, God forbid, the 39 years, the 52 years, the 60, 70, 90, 101 years of age, Marie Bauschweiss, our oldest member, he came to light up your life. And he came according to Paul's letter to Timothy. He came that you might have everlasting life. He brought life on this earth to life. And he brought everlasting life to life. You don't have him your darkness. You have him your light. Said it during that series on prayer, if you have everything but you don't have him, you have nothing. And if you have nothing like the people in El Salvador, and yet you have him, you have everything. That's why he came. Closing word. Before Jesus came, They always lived in fear. When a storm came, they thought the gods were angry at them. And they did everything, including sacrificing their own children to the god Moloch. They would do everything to gain the favor of God. Whenever illness or disaster came, they thought the gods were angry. Here comes Jesus. And what does he say about storms? Does he say God is angry with you? It's his judgment. What did Jesus say about storms? John sixteen thirty three. When the storms come, don't be afraid. I'm with you in the storm. That's what he said. And 365 times in the Bible... Instead of saying, be afraid of God, be afraid of God, be afraid of God, be afraid of God. Every single day of your life, be afraid of God. 365 times it says, don't be afraid. God is with you. And when on Palm Sunday we have another group of confirmants, and they pick their verses, their confirmation verses, I guarantee that every single one of them will say something about God being with them. And a handful of them will say, since God is with me, I want to be his light to someone else today. I want to be his light to someone else today. Even as the Apostle Paul was to young Timothy, let me tell you about Jesus, why he came. God bless you these next days. And if you're traveling for Christmas, safe journey there, safe journey back home. Keep taking pictures in your mind because the children go up quickly and the grandchildren grow up quickly. And the people around your table now might not be there next year. And if they are not there, and they are no longer on this earth, 
You and I know where they are. Because of the babe of Bethlehem, we know where they are. Safe with their Lord in heaven. In our Savior's name, amen. Heavenly Father, bless your word, story of the Christ child, not meant just for a week or two during the Christmas season, but a story told because it affects every day that we live on this earth. Keep us close to you, Lord. Don't be afraid. God is with you. In his name, amen. Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525.